Every law firm has people. People need instructions to do their jobs well. They need processes, they need systems, they need procedures, they need checklists, they need key performance indicators to know if they're doing the job the way you want the job done or not. While Arjun was away, Team Arjun came to play. All the cats out of the bag now, folks, but we're still here bringing you our favorite and most importantly, actionable insights to Arjun's newest book, Profit First for Lawyers. We're going to help you accelerate your law firm's growth so that you can experience more profit in every aspect of your life. We're also going to be providing some behind-the-scenes footage of what it's really like to work with our John Robbins. So, put your BS aside for the next few minutes and put yourself, your family, your firm, and your profit first. Welcome back to another episode of the Profit First for Lawyers podcast. My name is Carly, and today we're continuing in our seven-part series on the seven main parts of every successful law firm. If you haven't seen the previous episodes in this series, I highly recommend that you go check those out first. We have links in our show notes for easy access to those, so click those, watch those, come back to this one. I'm going to continue on in a little segment we at the studio here like to call Tea Time with Carly, where I outline why Chapter 5 was the absolute bane of my existence, even though it is my absolute favorite chapter today. And then we're going to go into kind of the meat and potatoes of today's episode, where Arjun's going to talk about part four of the seven main parts of every successful law firm. And then, don't go anywhere, folks, because we are wrapping things up with another clip from the cutting room floor. You're not going to want to miss this one, so stay tuned. For now, wait, did you hear that whistling? Oh, that means the kettle's hot time for tea. When last we left our heroes, so Arjun's attempt number two to get through chapter five in the studio had been a complete failure. And we had left me at the desk furiously reworking the original transcript for use the next day. Okay, so now I'm back at my computer. I'm typing up a storm. We're editing, melding, taking feedback that Arjun had gave me the day before. We're smoothing out the rough edges. I fall into bed that night. I am completely just an exhausted heap. And the next morning I meet Arjun in his kitchen very early. He's cooking breakfast. And like when I say early, I mean early. Like the rest of the family was still all sleeping. And I was there, I was gripping my laptop really tightly in my hands to keep them from shaking. And I approached the cooking entrepreneur, Mr. Arjun, and I was nervous like you would not believe. And before I can even say a word, with his back still turned to me, does the man have eyes in the back of his head? He says, did you do it? And I injected some confidence into my tone and I said, yeah, I think so. So I opened my laptop, I laid it out on the table with a bit of a flourish, but he says as he turns around and he's rushing around the kitchen cooking, right? And he says, Carly, this would be much more helpful if you just read it to me. So I start to read. I'm sitting at the kitchen table, but he can't hear me above the noise of sausage sizzling in a pan. And I'm not going to speak any louder with the rest of his family all sleeping upstairs, right? I don't want to wake anybody up. So I end up picking up my laptop. It's open. And I'm following Arjun around his kitchen just like a little duckling. Oh, I'm giving the performance of my life reading this chapter to him. My heart completely stops as he interrupts me about halfway through and he asks, is the rest of the chapter like this? Now, like, I couldn't interpret his tone, <laughs> but I really braced for the worse, and I said, yes. And he said, great, I think that'll work. Let's do it. 
Woo, the instant relief. So we pack up breakfast. No, we eat the breakfast. We pack up our binders. We head to the studio for an exciting day, knocking out chapter five at last. But spoiler alert, it did not work. Oh, it absolutely did not work. Well, that's where I'm going to leave the story today, folks. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this particular lesson. So in the following clip, Arjun's going to outline what the fourth main part of every successful and unsuccessful law firm is and how to get it in alignment so that it works for you. If you're watching this on YouTube, folks, don't adjust your screen. This clip is audio only. Let's go ahead and roll the clip. The fourth main part of every successful law firm is the people. Do you have a written job description for the job of the receptionist, secretary, paralegal, junior associate, senior associate, rainmaker, manager, or anyone? Do you have key performance indicators that you use to engineer each job so that you can make sure that each job is designed to be profitable and not just leave it to chance? Do you have objective criteria and clear job descriptions that will give your staff some protection? Protection against what, you ask? Protection against you. That's what they need protection from. They need protection for when you come in ranting and raving, asking your people, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Your staff needs protection against you. Job descriptions allow your people to say, look, this is clearly within the realm of my job. Job descriptions also will allow your employees to say, look, this is clearly outside the scope of my job. If you want me to do this, let's put it inside the scope of my job and that's okay. We can revise my job description, but don't start yelling at me for doing things that I'm not supposed to do. This is not an excuse for someone to just say, that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. You don't want to have someone like that working for you, but you do want people who know clearly whose job is what, because when it's everyone's job, then it becomes no one's job. And that is when things fall through the cracks. Another reason to have key performance indicators is so that you have objective data and metrics by which to judge the performance of your employees. That way, the employee is protected from favoritism. And this way, you are protected from accusations of favoritism. Let me give an example. Bob has a big personality. And everyone likes Bob because He's Mr. Big Personality. Mary, she doesn't have a big personality. Everyone doesn't necessarily love Mary because she doesn't have a big, friendly personality like Bob. Now, without clear job descriptions, without key performance indicators, without objective data and metrics to use to manage Bob versus Mary, who both have the same job, we all know how this is going to go down most of the time. Bob is going to be the one who gets the promotions. Bob is going to get the bonuses. Mary is going to get overlooked. Mary is going to get passed over for opportunities because you're going to end up gravitating towards big personality Bob. But when you look at the data, when you look at the metrics and the key performance indicators, you're going to be able to see that objectively speaking, Mary is the more valuable, profitable, productive, and more reliable employee. The point is, you need proper job descriptions. 
The jobs need to be engineered to be profitable for the employee. The job needs to be engineered to be profitable for the clients. And the job needs to be obviously engineered to be profitable for the law firm and for you as the owner. I have had KPIs for just about every job that I've had since college, but I've never really heard them explained in this way and in how it not only protects the employer, but also in protects me as the employee. And I think it really goes back to, you know, part three, when we were talking about production, that, it, you know, it's a, it's a great non-biased, unbiased way to measure performance and to attack behavior rather than people, rather than the employee itself, right? And, and even me as the employee, it's a great way for me to measure my own performance in a really unbiased way and to make sure that I'm always driving towards the goal. And I've never used my KPIs that way before. I've never thought about them that way until I heard Arjun talk about this subject in this manner. We have one last clip for you today, folks. This is a deleted scene from the cutting room floor from the outtakes of the many attempts to record this chapter. In this clip, Arjun is talking about the purpose behind getting these seven main parts in alignment and how to really make sure that your business works for you and not the other way around. Let's roll it. Of course, I would want to see that there are systems and processes and procedures that would allow the business to continue functioning even if the owner were to go away for a little while or a long time, or maybe even gets hit by a bus. I actually know a lawyer who actually got hit by a bus. Yeah, no joke. You say that. Sorry? Sorry, I've heard you say that a few times. I didn't realize that was a real story. Well, there's a euphemism, a, a thing. People say, you know, if you get hit by a bus. But I know a lawyer who actually got hit by a bus. I know a lawyer who got hit by a bus. I know a lawyer who got attacked by a seal. I don't mean like a Navy SEAL. I mean like an actual SEAL. I have a, he showed me a video of him getting attacked by a SEAL. He had to take a couple weeks off because he got bit on the foot by a SEAL. Wow, new fear unlocked. <laughs> I know a lawyer who had a epileptic attack, seizure. Never in her life ever had this happen in her whole life until she was like in her 30s, mid-30s. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam, it just happened. Life happens. You know what every single personal injury lawyer can tell you? That every single one of their clients all have in common without one single exception? Hmm. None of them expected to get in the car wreck the morning they woke up, left the house, and got in the car wreck, right? Life just happens. Anyway, the point is, I wouldn't want to invest in a business, and I don't want your family to be invested in a business that is being run by the most brilliant, amazing, wonderful, spectacular person in the world, i.e. you, unless the business has processes and systems and procedures for how the business will continue to function, how each of these seven main parts of the business will continue to function, even if you have to step away for a little or a long time, maybe for Good reasons. Maybe you decide to go to your best friend's wedding. Maybe you decide to go on a vacation. Maybe you decide to take your kids on a college tour. The point is, it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. We want to build a business that is sustainable, and we want to build a business that can operate independently of you and your brilliance. 
Otherwise, it's not a business. It's just a practice. It's just a job. So when we look at law firms, and I've been looking at these law firms for a long, long time, ever since 1999, when I started working at the Florida Bar's Law Office Management Assistance Service, and what I'm sharing with you is not my prescription. I'm not telling you this is how I want it to be. I'm not telling you this is how it should be. I'm reporting to you the reality of how things actually are. In reality, there are only seven main parts of every successful law firm, and they are the same seven main parts of every struggling law firm. The difference between the successful law firms and the struggling law firms is the difference between the degree to which the owner or owners of the firm, number one, are even aware of these seven main parts, and number two, attends to, thinks through, makes these seven main parts work in a systematic, organized, intentional, logical way, and then, of course, manages them and maintains them because just like any other machine, it needs maintenance from time to time. And if your business is growing, it means it's probably outgrowing one or more of these seven main parts all the time. At least, I hope it is. Otherwise, it's stagnant. And that's what we have for you today, folks. I hope you found this episode helpful. Be sure to tune in next time as we have a special guest interview with our friendly neighborhood cameraman. You've heard me mention his name pretty frequently, and you've even heard his voice in the background of some of our studio clips. Here to regale us with his favorite R. John stories and share his favorite pieces of wisdom is Dylan. You're not going to want to miss this one. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Profit First for Lawyers. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. And buy your copy of the book at ProfitFirstForLawyers.com. Your future self will thank you for it. And we will see you next time.